You know, Father, there's a song in baseball during the seventh inning stretch that says, take me out to the ball game. I think the Rays have misinterpreted that song and have changed the lyric to take me out of the ball game because they keep getting hurt. Uh. Well, but they keep winning. So, class, what have we learned? That we at Tampa Bay Sports for the Hendersons don't have nearly as many excuses as sports teams in New York City? Well, um, or maybe we just need to tip our cap to a pretty smart baseball organization on a shoestring. And uh, by that, I refer to the soon-to-be Montreal uh, Rays. Well, I'm Ben Henderson. My father's Joe Henderson. He used to follow the devil rays around and write about them and then you'd read about them and you know that cycle continued every day yeah pretty much yeah Um, but but it was fun cool uh so father i want you to see the following headline if you're following along on our youtube channel keep in mind we are on spotify apple google anchor um again keneal the cat can just come to your house and tell you what we're saying um but, Father, in the New York Post a couple days ago, mm-hmm. right? Yankees say training teams overhaul partly to blame for injuries. And in the New York Times a couple weeks ago, you know, with another slew of injuries the Yankees aren't taking and who cares about the rest, right? Poor, poor Yankees, right? Father, I want yeah. you to take a, list, a look at the list of Tampa Bay Rays players uh, who have been hurt this season. You yeah. have. Um, and this is uh, in order so far. Colin Poach, elbow, he's out. G-Man Choi, hurt his shoulder, he was day-to-day. Yanni Torinos, he spent 10 days, right tricep. Charlie Morton, right shoulder, never good when you're a pitcher. Oliver Drake, right bicep, that's a problem when you're a pitcher. Charlie whole, Morton, whole hey, bunch, it's his shoulder whole again. Guys. Whole bunch of guys. Yeah. Um, um, more recently, Father, we've yeah. had Kevin Kiermeyer hurt his foot. Jalen Beeks hurt his elbow. Mike Zanino hurt his oblique. Ryan Yarborough hurt his groin. And just announced yesterday, Yandy Diaz, hamstring, day-to-day. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, who is uh, leading the division? Um, let's see. If I carry the one... And I add two, and I, I, I subtract. Oh, hey, look, here's some live standings. So we're recording this on September 1st. It's 7.30, so actually the Rays are playing the Yankees as we speak. But, but Father, it, it's the pesky Rays at 25 wins and 11 losses. They have a four-and-a-half game lead on the Yankees. I believe they have um, uh, passed the point of being pesky. And they're freaking good. And I have to really give credit to the uh, baseball operations side of the Rays. They have figured it out. They don't make the $187 gazillion signings every year that everybody seems to get excited about. What they do is they pick up 
people they, uh, that you don't think about. They make trades that you go, why did they do that? And then we look up and they're leading the division with um, less than a month to go in a regular season over the mighty New York Yankees. So, you know, let's, let's tip a cap to the Rays management. And you know what? If they win the World Series this year, which we must at this point concede is more than possible, um, uh, if, if they want to put an asterisk beside it, whatever. But this is a pretty doggone savvy baseball organization, and um, they deserve every ounce of credit uh, that they don't get from everybody else obsessing over the Yankees' injuries. Well, and what's crazy, so the last time we did an episode on the Rays, it was pretty early into this about 10 or so games. And we had joked that the Rays were on a 14 game losing streak because of this, you know, new math and all that. And part of the problem at the time was their offense was awful. I mean, they were not able to score more than four runs to save their life. Well, father, we are 36 games into the season. The Rays currently are averaging 5.2 runs a game. That is good for, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, sixth in baseball. And, and, and what's you know funny about it is if you look at their team batting average, their team batting average is only 249, which is kind of middle of the pack. Their on-base percentage, however, is very good at 340. That's good for fourth in all of baseball. And perhaps... The underappreciated part um, of this team, Father, the Rays lead, as we are recording this, all of Major League Baseball in the amount of walks that they've drawn, 158 walks. You know, Father, how they used to call it the hit show? Maybe we should call it the walk show. Yeah. Well, I go back to many, many years ago when – Stu Sternberg bought this franchise from Vince Namoli. And, you know, you talk about the hit show, uh, the Devil Rays tried that, didn't work. Um, They were, you know, just gasping for air uh, in Major League Baseball. They were a joke. Um, Now, we expected a lot of losses as an expansion team, but you should at least be building towards something that was pretty good, right? They were not doing that. And the conventional wisdom back then was that you had to spend a gazillion dollars and go sign all these free agents in order to be competitive. They didn't do that. And so every year they lost 98, 187 games, whatever it was. Then Stu Sternberg took control of the franchise and brought in Andrew Friedman who, um, for lack of a better phrase, was one of the early converts to analytics. And he started doing all these moves that I was going like, what are you doing this for? But Andrew was, had a plan, very smart, brought in Joe Madden, as we remember. What, we, what people don't remember was that the first couple of years, Joe Madden averaged a hundred losses a year. And then all of a sudden 
in 2008, they were in the World Series. And we were going, what? Well, they guarded those, their secret plan like it was, you know, plutonium or something. Could never get any of them to talk about what they were doing, but they, they clearly had a formula that, that these rays have followed through on to this day and give credit to Kevin, uh, to Kevin Cash, who is just the perfect manager for this organization. They've got pitching, they've got defense, they've got just enough offense. As you noted, they take a lot of walks. Um, they don't beat themselves very often. So, um, you know, at this point, I, they're, I think they're the smartest organization in baseball. I really do. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting, I was sitting there last night watching them beat the Yankees and go, okay, this team can, maybe you can argue, should be at least in the World Series, if not win the World Series. How about them apples? Well, to, to highlight, again, some more of this kind of raised way is, you know, that they have a little bit of pop when it comes to the home run, but it's not like they're the Basham brothers, right? So right now they have 47 home runs. League average is 44. And I think the guy that kind of highlights this kind of raised way is Yandy Diaz. So, you know, you would expect an offense that, is currently sixth in the league in runs per game to have a little more potential pop in the lineup. Well, Yandy Diaz at a batting average of 307 is 20th in baseball, and he has the top average for the Rays. However, Mr. Diaz's on-base percentage is eighth at 428, and part of that is highlighted by his walks um, he is eighth in all of baseball at 23 walks and only two walks behind Freddie Freeman for second in the league. So, Father, knowing that uh, Mr. Diaz is going to the disabled list, how much concern do you have for the Rays' offense losing such a catalyst like Diaz to the lineup? Well, somewhat, but... <laughs> You go back over, you said, well, uh, okay, they lost Charlie Morton and all the other pitchers. Um, how much concern do you have for the pitching staff? And I would have said a lot. But they have a way of overcoming this. The Yankees saw a quote from one of their players today that said, uh, looking at the Rays, and said they have so much depth over there. You know, part of the the strategy of the organization is to, when you get into September, you anticipate you're gonna have injuries. So what do we do if X player gets hurt? Well, then we gotta have this person that we can plug in. And so can they weather the storm? I think so. And um, you go back to, uh, December 2018, when the Rays acquired Diaz, um, they gave up Jake Bowers 
uh, in, in a three uh, deal swap that included the Mariners and it got, uh, got Diaz from Cleveland. They wanted Yandy Diaz. And I'm looking at it going, you gave up Jake Bowers. Why would you do that? We all bowed oh. our head for Jake Bowers. Yeah. And, you know, when are we, I, as a former sports writer and longtime observer of the sports scene, um, I just have to say what these guys are, these guys are uh, several chess moves ahead of most people. Uh, they really know what they're doing. And how, how you build a team like this, an organization like this, on a budget like they have defies logic. But they do it. And so you ask me, will they overcome this setback? Yeah, because that's what they do. Well, and, you know, we've mentioned all the injuries on the pitching staff. And, and the team ERA has still been solid at a 3.73. That is also good for six in the league. So if nothing else, this team also has balance because, you know, you see a lot of teams that are solid on one end, but not necessarily on the other. So take a team like San Diego, for example, you know, mm -hmm. all the offensive pop in the world, but your bullpen's kind of this middling 4.3. Uh, 4 so, I mean, it's not like San Diego's doing bad, but if you get into the postseason, um, you know, and that pop fails you, well, are you going to have the pitching to fall back on? And I think in the race case, they, you know, healthy. And if they can get some guys back for sure, have that. Um, you know, for example, in, in a, a key piece of the bullpen that was emerging, uh, Nick Anderson, he had mm -hmm. yet to give up an earned run. Yeah. And then goes out, you know, with the, the forearm strain. Um, you know, Chaz Rowe was having a, a nice year at 2.8. I, um, I also do give a little shout here. We had talked right before the season about Blake Snell and our confidence level in him. And of the main starting pitchers the Rays had, he was actually the one we had the lowest in. However, father of Rays starting pitchers through seven starts, Snell does have the lowest ERA at a 3.1. It should be noted, though, that if I can pull up his uh, recent game log here, that if you want one knock on Snell's 3.1 ERA, um, he has yet to go past six innings as this ad tries to play in the video. We don't want your ad. Um, he has yet to go past six innings. Does that concern you at all that Snell isn't getting super deep in the games? No, not even a little bit <clears throat> because he's getting better and better and better. And when you want him peaking is in October. I don't care what he does in August and early September. He's doing just fine. He's coming along. He's starting to look like the Blake Snell that we saw a couple of years ago. And, you know, they get him back the way we know he can pitch. And then you get Charlie Morton back. And uh, Tyler Glass now last uh, Monday night just, just uh, obliterated the Yankees and outpitched Garrett Cole from the Yankees by a lot. 
and wouldn't you wouldn't you like to see that in October? So, you know, if you've got three frontline starters in October, which I believe the Rays will have, they could this this can happen. This this is a real thing, and you know, hopefully the you know injury bug will calm down, but. You know what? Everybody's having injuries in, in Major League Baseball this year. And I think that's a lot to do with the weird season. Um, but the Rays are, seem to be pretty well prepared to uh, weather that storm. So. so so, let me ask you this. So, Father, you've, uh, you, you've been around a lot of uh, baseball locker rooms and the tightness of it. Since the season has started um the rays have not had to postpone any games because of a positive covid test on their end um we know that a couple players including glass now had tested positive um, in the offseason and in the lead up to this restart do you think father that given the position that the rays are in now that they have a real shot at potentially winning the whole thing. Um, do you think that's going to maybe help in some of their off-field decision-making with the positions that they put themselves in so that maybe they don't contract COVID and force the team to go into quarantine? Well, you know, COVID is totally unpredictable. And you think, you know, hey, um, we're, we're, we've got it covered. And then you know, your top three players test positive. So I think what the Rays have done is to prepare themselves as well as possible in these insane times. And, you know, if, if something happens that comes along and derails that, well, okay, what are you going to do? But you cannot plan for every contingency, uh, but I think these guys have prepared as well as you can. And going into the postseason, you know, take your chances. I like them. Uh, Father, follow-up question to that. Uh, given where baseball looked like it was the first couple weeks of the season with the situation with the Marlins and the situation with the Cardinals, are you surprised that baseball as a whole has been able to keep the engine running? Yeah, a little bit. And now I see where they're talking about maybe doing a playoff bubble with the contending teams, um, which probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, but here we are in September, and less than a month to go in the regular season, and um, it's going to be a demolition derby in the playoff format with what 16 teams or whatever yeah, 16 yep and you know who knows what happens on that the old you know you never tell about a short series thing but um you know um the the rays right now because this is tampa tampa bay sports with who's that the hendersons i think that's us we have the last um, name of henderson yeah, that would be us. Um, they are as well equipped 
as any team in Major League Baseball right now to win it all. Does that mean they will? Of course not. But all you want to do is give yourself the best possible chance, and I believe they have done that. Uh, Father, two final questions for you because you are the baseball expert to my hockey expertise. Uh, if baseball goes to a bubble, should they use the Field of Dreams site as their bubble? Well, if, if you bubble it, they will come. But um, no, they should not. Um, Why? It's, it, it'd be better than heaven. It's Iowa. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> they were going to yeah. play a game there, and then they decided not to because the Cardinals got COVID. But... Well, you know, I, I, frankly, I think the idea is a little corny. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Move on. Great. Uh, one last topic for you, Father. So we discussed uh, professional sports and the ath the role athletes have as it comes to social change. If you want to hear our thoughts on that, you can listen to our previous episode about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, go to the back half of the episode and we share our thoughts. So I don't want to rehash those thoughts necessarily, but I do want to ask you question this, Father, the following question. Uh, again, you have been in many baseball locker rooms, and one could make the argument that a baseball locker room is perhaps the most racially diverse of the four major pro sports. You know, football and basketball um, are overwhelmingly African-American, hockey uh, overwhelmingly white. And yet in baseball, you have a very solid mix of people of all races. Uh, Father, in your time in baseball locker rooms, how, would, how well would you say that the races kind of mend together and mesh within the locker room? And, you know, did you find that conversations about race within baseball locker rooms, uh, was that a topic of frequent discussion or not? Well, I will start with your uh, last point, and I would say no. Um, I think the clubhouses that I've you know, been privy to, it was just pretty much, um, you know, teammate on teammate. Uh, if it didn't matter what race or color you were, can you help us win? If you do, we love you. If not move on um i didn't uh, in those particularly in those early uh race teams but but also as as they got better never sensed any racial tension um so you know <laughs> I, I it was the first time i heard it was from fred mcgriff but you know i'm sure it was spawned before them and and many times after baseball's a marathon not a sprint except this year it's a sprint but um, what that means is you've got to learn to get along and baseball players judge each other by how well can you help us win are you going to fit in are you are you an egomaniac or are you someone we can get along with and are you going to be part of the team? So, you know, I think we're past that in baseball. Um, 
you know, the certainly baseball's had its issues uh, with racism, but um, right now what I see and, and have experienced is uh, groups that they're focused on a common goal and that's to win as many games as possible. So what you're saying is in the modern day that uh, shoeless Joe Jackson probably would not fit in well in a baseball locker room. Well, uh, I'm, I never met shoeless Joe, so, oh, so I can't really say that. You're not that um, old? No. But oh. What I will say is that, you know, when uh, transactions are made and new players are coming in or other players are going away, that it was never a question of, is this somebody that from a racial standpoint I can't tolerate or is this somebody that we think was a good move that can help us win. And, what about Marge Scott? She liked uh, diverse teams. Uh, you were going to go there, weren't you? Um, <laughs> Although, well, let, the record show, let the record show the uh, last World Series championship of my beloved Cincinnati Reds was under Marge Schott's ownership. Um, she deserves not much credit for that. Well, Good, because, you know, reasons. Yeah. So, yeah. this has been Tampa Sports with the Hendersons. Again, we are the father-son podcast, and we talk about sports teams in Tampa. Again, if you like our content and you're watching this on YouTube, hit that like button. It lets us know that you're out there. Again, we are also on Spotify. We are on Apple. We are on Anchor. We are on Google Podcasts. We're um, all over the place. We are. Shout out, as always, to our partners at the Tampa Free Press. That is TampaFP.com. They have lots of stories on there related to Tampa, not just sports. Father, any last thoughts before we say goodbye? Uh, USF. Go Bulls. Yeah, yeah. they, they just uh, agreed to play some games with Notre Dame, and that went well for them last time. So who knows? We might get Joey Johnston back on here to love it. talk about it. And uh, we also promise we're going to talk about the Bucks coming up and the Lightning. We, we keep yeah. talking about the Lightning because they also keep winning. Father, this yeah, could be a do. banner year for Tampa Bay sports. Uh, go Tampa. Yeah, go Tampa because that's the city we live in. Uh, we appreciate you listening, and we will see you next time. Take care, y'all. Right. It's show. Tampa Bay's hottest place. It's show.